Banba. It's Zach Langley Chichi. I'm so popular. And last week on the show was my special 100th episode anniversary. We went to the karaoke, uh, emoted my heart out. It's a, a charming mess if you haven't heard it. And tonight we are live in Yo Yogi Park. Uh, it is like 9 p.m. on a Tuesday, but I'm joined by a very special guest uh, to discuss one of my favorite Comme des Garcons fragrances and one of the most meaningful music acts I've encountered in ages, Perfume. And I'm joined by a fabulous guest. Who are you? Hello, hello, hello. My name is Samuel. Uh, I'm pleased to be here. This is, uh, I've been a long time, I'm a long time fan of uh, I'm So Popular. And uh, I'm looking forward to talk about the most meaningful group uh, that I've ever encountered. <laughs> and with one of the most important person in my life too. Oh, you sweetheart. <laughs> what are you doing, Samuel? What I'm doing, right now I'm sitting in Yogi Park and besides that, I work here in Tokyo uh, as an English teacher in elementary school. Fabulous, and why are we friends? We are friends because, well, first of all, oh, that's cute, it's not why do you follow me, it's why are we friends? Yeah, we're friends. Um, <laughs> we're friends because uh, Ronald from Aramaja Band uh, posted, uh, uh, tweeted a little tweet at some point in 2020 saying, I will be on this podcast. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to listen. I'm going to try it. And, um, uh, I came to encounter, uh, you and the world you've created for yourself. And I've been hooked since episode 10 of I'm so popular. <laughs> it's very rare to find people who have been with the show since season one. Yeah. Oh, well, me. It's you. <laughs> it's like you and like Sam, Eternal Fella, and like that's probably about it. Yeah, I'm probably <laughs> the 11th Sam to come on the butt, right? Like, that's true. There are so many of them. Yeah. Sam, Samuel, S Samantha. Samantha. Uh, everyone. Exactly. Um, we met in person for the first time yes. at, um, we, what did we do originally? Uh, we met, I, I think, we the got first time I saw you, it was at your show. Uh, yeah, it was yeah, my Tokyo show. Tokyo debut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was at the Casket yeah. of Horror show in June. It felt surreal. That was <laughs> so scary, actually, for me. I was like, I spent like three days thinking about it. Should I really go there? Because I was like, I'm his fan. But what if, like, I was like, I need to... Like, if he spits on me and calls me a fat faggot, uh -huh. I need to still be a fan of I'm So Popular, uh -huh. you know? It's like... So it was like, oh, I, you know, never meet your idols. But I did, and what a fabulous person you are in real oh. life. <laughs> do you, okay, how, do you think I'm, like, different in person over the show? I think I am, but I don't know how. That's a narcissistic you're not, question. You're not, you're not. I don't <gasps> think you are. Really? I, uh, <laughs> maybe a little, but that warms my heart. Oh, my no, God. No, I, th I think you're pretty much the same. You're maybe more... Uh, I don't know. There's a slight difference. I wouldn't be mm. able to point it out. Yay. <laughs> but I remember um, I was going to have a cigarette before the show, uh -huh. and you were, like, almost first in line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You were, like, up there, and uh, you are like, Chi-Chi? I looked up, and I'm like, who could that be? And I knew exactly who it was. <laughs> <laughs> and since then, after you saw my legendary June Casket of Horrors performance yes. that I won, made mm -hmm. my big Tokyo debut performing yep. Bjork, um, we uh, sort of hanging out, just the two of yeah, us from yeah. time to time, and you recommended to me that we go see Perfume together. Yes, exactly. And did you like it? Did you hate it? I How did you it. feel? Okay. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk a little bit more when we get to the Perfume segment of the episode, but uh, I had a pretty bad impression of Perfume originally. Yeah, why? 
I don't know. I think it was because I remember you. You were like, "Oh, you like the Nakata girls," and I was like, "No, I like perfume." And you were like, "Right, yeah, perfume." And you were like, "Well, anyway, Caddy," and I was like, "No, no, no, <laughs> no, no, perfume." Well, now I've like come to realize, like after getting so into all of their music and mm-hmm. fully like diving into the narrative yes. of the group that they are the Nakata project. They're oh, the most they important one by far. They are the Nakata project, yeah. absolutely. The reason why Nakata is still alive today is because of perfume. Exactly. But I mean, like, when I originally talked about Kyari on the show, I was surprised I was talking about her because, like, we talked about Candy Racer back in January. Loved it. Thank Beautiful you. Beautiful episode. I agree. And then we talked about Capsule just a few months back, I think in August. Uh, so those are the two other big Nakata acts. Mm-hmm. Um And this is the big conclusion to all of that. It's really important, and I really cannot understate how severely of an impact perfume has had on my world perception, on the way I stylize my life recently. It has become, like, truly oh, wow. a major fundament to me. Once perfume enters someone's life, it's just, it's forever. And I you know. Can't... And, like, there's, like, a big, like, ledge you have to get over. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's, it's shocking at first. Yes. It's, like, unlistenable and horrifying at Absolutely. first. Absolutely. It feels... Inhuman. It's grating. It yeah. Yeah. But once you get there. It, they, they sound like everyone is always like that. When I first show perfume to people, they're like, they sound like cats. They sound like <laughs> they're meowing. It doesn't <laughs> sound human. And I'm like, no, wait till you've listened to like an hour or two. Mm-hmm. You'll get into it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I wanted to pair this with the Comme des Garçons scent. This is Monocle 3. Uh, it's a partnership with the French brand Monocle. And the third line in their uh, series of fragrances, it's an EDT called Sugi. Yes. And, uh, of course, I'm ripping off Jack completely unabashedly right That's now. That's perfect. But the thing is, is that, like, ever since Jack, like, you introduced me to perfume. When mm-hmm. Jack introduced me to the actual, you know, fragrance Same thing, of perfume. Actually, I did not own a single bottle of perfume. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your uh, relationship with perfume. What's your personal history with perfume? With perfume, the fragrance, yeah, not the perfume, fragrance, the band. Yeah. <laughs> And then we can do the band. Well, the thing is, is that... Um, I knew my mom wore a lot of fragrance mm-hmm. and I actually remember like in college I was like you don't have perfume is something that people do not need to wear and I was like mm-hmm. styled myself deliberately as someone mm-hmm. who doesn't wear perfume because uh-huh, yeah. I mean it's expensive and daunting yes. and so in the same way that people are like I don't want to live in New York because they like feel jealous of it yeah yeah exactly but <laughs> but it's like because it secretly comes from a place of jealousy or in japan i will never live in I tokyo, never live in tokyo. Yeah, no. have fun in fucking shiga uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> have fun in fucking me but then the second that you actually do that mm. and when you live in tokyo or you live in new york or you start wearing perfume yeah. you realize that it's your former feelings about it were mere envy Absolutely. and jealousy yes oh yeah so i remember the one perfume i used to wear in college was one that my uh, friend gave me it was a banana republic mm. sandalwood it was just called sandalwood okay. and it was just the very last bit of the bottle and i'd oh, only really? wear it in drag mm. uh, i still have that bottle i brought it with me to japan um but it's empty now or what is it empty or did you yeah it's yeah, fucking okay. empty <laughs> it's a souvenir by now yeah <laughs> I-, i wore it a few times um when i was first starting in mm. nagoya but Jack suggested, and I knew when I invited him on the show, I was going to get him whatever he recommended to me. And he said that the Mishima scent that he thought it would be Mitsuko, uh-huh. or it would be Portrait of a Lady. Uh-huh. Portrait of a Lady is very expensive. So I got so Mitsuko. You went with Mitsuko. <laughs> yeah. And it's Susan. I knew I remember you were wearing it, but mm-hmm. it was wearing you actually that first time we met. Mm-hmm. We could smell you like 10 meters away. It was crazy. Yeah. And then. How many sprays? Oh. 32. 
like seven. In Mexico, you only need like two really? four. Really, you need one like one on each side of the neck, and that's enough. But Ugh. like when you put on like a bill like a billion drops of it, I was it, like, who's the who's the old librarian lady mm-hmm. around here? <laughs> so yeah, I wore. Oh, that's you. Yeah, oh I wore a ton of Mexico, and then the the blood mm. that I um used for that showtime when I did the yeah Jisatsu. I poured like a ton of my Elizabeth really? Taylor passion into oh. it. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, so basically after Jack introduced me to fragrance, mm. I started wearing it all the time. Okay, okay. And it started to finally like do that amazing thing where all of a sudden you have memories from like three months ago. Yes. And when you think of it, the fragrance comes to yep. you. And that like changed my life because up until then it had only been like music that had had that sort of memory yes, association. Yeah, yeah. But now, whenever I put on Sugi here, mm-hmm. I have so many specific memories of yes. Japan. And it's become like a foundational mm-hmm. Japanese image to me. Oh, absolutely. Okay, but what's your story with fragrance? My story with fragrance, I did not wear any perfume before Jack entered my life. Uh huh. Like, literally. I, I, and when I found that show, I was like, this is so beautiful. Like, my history with perfume before Jack was. Um, I was buying it for others and growing up, growing up, my parents were where my mother who mm-hmm. doesn't like femininity, she doesn't like wearing, she would never wear a feminine perfume. I grew up with a mother who was wearing CK1. Oh. Okay. Very nineties. Yeah. Uh, very, uh, non-gendered. I would say, yeah. And my father was wearing, what was he wearing? I don't remember something sports. Anyway. Uh, it will come back later. But yeah, I grew up with like a parents who were wearing fragrances. Uh, my father was wearing Azaro uh, later oh. in life. Chrome Azaro or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, uh, oh my God, I should have looked <coughs> it up. But it was a nice patchouli with melon on top of it. Cute. Uh, that I would steal to go to bars. Mm-hmm. So I have many memories associated with that. Yeah. And uh, besides that, the first bottle of perfume I, pr- I bought, I think it was a, um, I, oh my God, the name will not come back. Tootsie Roll. <laughs> uh, oh, the Tootsie Roll perfume. Th- they were from just talking about, oh, um, uh, the, the, the red Tootsie Roll, yeah. Elizabeth Arden Red Door. No, no, no. 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 That's no. how Orton described it on that 20th episode. Oh my episode. God, wait, pa- you can talk, you can talk while I look up. Oh, it's fine. Um, but no, like... I, one thing I remember is that you, of course, bought me a bottle of Eden. Yes. And you gave it to me at my show as a thank you for my show, which was so sweet. And I almost thought about pairing Eden with perfume. Uh. But the thing is, is that, like you point out, it's like the swamp of Tokyo. Yeah. It's like the wet sweater swamp uh-huh. that's like bursting up through like the modernized pavement. It smells exactly like that. Um, and perfume is not a swamp. It's like oh, no, iron is, clear. Uh, yeah. Perfume yeah. is very futuristic. Perfume is... Uh, it's very far from what Eden is in a way yeah. because Eden is so over the top while perfume is I would say understated maybe yeah maybe not <laughs> very monochrome perfume yeah, is yeah, yeah. while Eden is very colorful right so the reason I wanted to talk about Suki this was the first fragrance that I bought without a recommendation that I chose myself and it it's um, a Comte de Garçon and Monocle collaboration as I mentioned yes. And it comes in this amazing, obnoxious yellow bottle. And it is based off a sugi tree is the idea of the inspiration. However, what it ends up smelling like is like this spicy plastic, like 
vaporwave tree inside yeah. of a mall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I get it. There's something uh, artificial, even though it mm-hmm. feels so real. Yeah. It feels like a literal Japanese forest from, like, the 18th century. But at the same time, it's very... I feel it's very adapted to uh, Japanese living, where, you know, in Tokyo, you never feel like you're on Earth or anywhere around anything that's very, like, natural. Mm -hmm. It's a very artificial city, but I feel like this is very adapted to the Japanese way of living, where you can just, like, be reminded of nature wherever Mm -hmm. you you go and it sits close to the skin so I, I feel like it's perfect for the Tokyo it uh, the yes. y- y- who does not want to annoy anyone <laughs> with their sand it's not over the top it's mm-hmm. not it's not like in the morning I wear Eden uh, going to school and it, I'm just like very annoying mm-hmm. and uh, obnoxious but this is like the perfect Tokyo sand I would yeah. say and lots of people um, will say that this like scent is like, kind of weak but it's not weak it's personal and like you'll notice yes. wearing it yes. that it sticks on all your clothes. And I actually smelled it on you today when really um, when we were lighting up the cigarette. I noticed it then. Mm-hmm. And like for me, the way you described Sugi as like the Tokyo like artificial like forest, basically. Give me some of that. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so true. Like it's a hologram of like an ancient Japanese forest, right? Yes. Oh, God. So it's a little reminder of what Tokyo would be if it weren't for humans. Exactly. <clears throat> it smells so good. <laughs> very vegetal, very uh, herbaceous, very mm-hmm. coniferous. Uh, very. It feels like an actual forest, yeah. but with a little something on top with it. Do you find it's like really clean? It's very clean, absolutely. Yeah, and of no, course... it's perfect for anyone who like lives in Japan. Very clean, very uh, adapted to mm-hmm. living in a city and being... And well, I think like <laughs> that's kind of where the tie-in with Nakata comes to me, the producer of Perfume yes. and Caddy Pambi Pambi and Capsule, as I've mentioned. Um, when he was doing his early Capsule music and like the kind of Shibuya K style, he was designing music that he would oh. imagine would be like played in like the Beautiful most opulent, like yes, yes exactly, like mm-hmm. these uh, or opulent, cafes or yeah, right. So it's like this like real, like plush luxury like kind of fake lifestyle. Yes. No one will ever be in the most like pristinely clean apartment ever, but the fantasy of that early capsule music oh, and the yeah. fantasy of this fragrance is like picturing a Japan like that. And what's funny is that both members of Capsule are not from Tokyo, and nobody gets Tokyo as well as someone pr- mm-hmm. who's not from Tokyo, because you come here with the fantasy that you've created for yourself that you've built for years of a pristine city, uh, opulent city, very. Uh, fancy city where mm-hmm. everyone is dressed well and uh so yeah nobody gets it like people from the countryside i would say i agree yeah. and you were originally in kyushu yes exactly which is like about as rural as it gets in <laughs> japan but both of us actually before you yeah. moved to tokyo were like in the sticks. i feel like you need that experience you do yeah. you absolutely have to live mm-hmm. in rural japan before you yep. can come to appreciate the fantasy of yeah. tokyo and like what you said about the fantasy that you create this uh-huh. dream reality yes. of the perfect city everyone's well dressed the constant interaction that you have with that once you get here where mm-hmm. the fantasy is always just beyond reach oh, yeah. and it like spills into the real world from time to time but it's always at like a little bit of like an obfuscated distance yes. 
That's what this fragrance is that all about. That is what this fragrance is all about. Absolutely. It's the dream of the perfect Tokyo, the yes. subconscious collective imagination of it turned into, you know, this big, spicy, artificial, fake, ancient tree. <laughs> These trees around us in Yoyogi Park right now are quite old as well. And it's all drenched in fog. So it makes me feel like even more like we're in the yeah, Sugi no, we Forest. Yeah, we are in the Sugi Forest. Mm-hmm. This is like one of the only patches of like forest that we have in Tokyo, right? Yeah. There's like three of them. <laughs> and this is this is one of the only ones. I have a lot of strong associations about Yoyogi as well because uh, the night I came to interview for my job and I met my friends Miho and everyone, mm-hmm. we were sitting just right over there Aww. by those dark trees during uh, COVID when they had like police officers like rolling around <laughs> telling people to stop drinking and stuff. So glad I wasn't there. <laughs> no, yeah. And it was like right in the summer where all like the trees like smell especially yeah. strong and everything is uh, teeming over with life all the time. Mm-hmm. And for me, the scent as well. Um, so much of my like Japan experience is like boiled into it and I know that like no matter where I end up in the world whenever I put this on I'll be like right back in Nagoya and right back in Tokyo yeah isn't it amazing though how like once you get into perfume and you start wearing it all of a sudden your entire life is reordered absolutely and you can time travel whenever you want I know yep (laughs) god like I think about when I put on especially like Sugi of course Mm -hmm. but also like um, CDG original the yeah yeah, it's the it's Comte Garçon as well that was what I was wearing the most when I first got to Tokyo and like when I was like my most debased and slutty <laughs> and stuff. And so it'll always like have that like seminal element to me, like literally like semen fluids. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. But yeah, you, like you said, this is just like a perfect fragrance that you can wear. It's like inoffensive, but it's deep and full of history. Yeah, so it means so, it means so much. You just like, I put it on the first time like three days ago what? three days yeah. ago and I was like oh, this is Tokyo this is the old Tokyo this is the current Tokyo this is clean this is adapted to life in Tokyo this is perfect a perfect match yeah yep <laughs> god I'm just so happy to be on the show as someone who like gets like the <laughs> fantasy of Tokyo like as much as <laughs> yes, I can. yes yes it is the most magical thing in the world to live mm. here like I can't get over it and as we've said before you really need to live elsewhere in Japan mm-hmm. and like build up this uh, desire to move to Tokyo and just like this fantasy in your head yeah because <sighs> once you start touching it like I remember that like trip I came when I went to like um, the cruising park that mm. I now live very close to yeah. like by almost complete coincidence <laughs> no, oh, okay. <laughs> seriously by coincidence <laughs> I was like, oh my god, like, this is real, like, this exists in the world, like, all of this possibility is just there. And to start the conversation about tonight's big topic. Yes, big topic. Perfume, the band, (sighs) as I mentioned. What do you want to know? (laughs) Now, you are, like, the perfume I've been, oh, I was in the trenches, doll. I became aware of perfume in 2008, in March of 2008, I think Mm -hmm. I was... Uh, making friends uh, that were into Harajuku fashion. Uh, me and my hag, uh, shout out to her, Moda Mili, Moda. Um, we would like go on forums back when forums were a mm-hmm. thing and just like try to make friends who were into Japanese culture. And that was not cool back then in 2008. Not at it all. was hard to find some of them. Most of them lived in Montreal. I'm not from Montreal, I'm from Quebec City. 
So yeah, we gathered with a bunch of like weirdos, and some of them were like in their twenties, and we were like fifty, fifteen, uh -huh. sorry, <laughs> and fifty. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, and uh, and one girl was really into perfume, and she would always say, "Please play perfume at my funeral. I want Computer City to be played when I kill myself." And it was like, "Wow, okay, nice. I, I'm gonna oh, look it up." And you know, pops. you know how it, you know how it works when. When you have a friend who's really into something, uh -huh. at first you're like, "I'm never getting into that. It's very cringe." I'm ne I don't. I, I was like disgusted by perfume. Oh my god, it wasn't a cop. It wasn't a cop. It's the guy with the red light, and they put my cigarette on. <laughs> I, lo I love your frightened face. <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway, facing <what> death <laughs> in Yoga <laughs> Park. Anyway, so I was cringed out by perfume. I was like, I'm, ne I'm never getting into that because she's too much into it. Just yeah. like when I was eight, I was disgusted by Harry Potter because everyone was so mm -hmm. into it, right? But then I, the first perfume song that really hit me was Dream Fighter in 2008. I remember the day it was released. I remember how the PV got uploaded on some French website and it profoundly changed my world. Nothing else back then sounded the same. Like mm -hmm. perfume really wouldn't say invented electro pub, but I mean, it made it what it is today. It made it what it is today. It, it had so much influence on not only Japanese music, but music all around the world. Mm -hmm. And so Dream Fighter was my um, my first perfume song, really. And it's been I've been a fan ever since. I've been to 15 uh, concerts so far. I know. And when, I remember once when we were in Nietzsche together, we were like talking about perfume, and we like ran into this gay guy who was like, "I'm perfume's biggest fan." You said, "Really? How many concerts have you been to?" <laughs> <laughs> I get very defensive. Who was that? I don't remember. Uh, foreigner? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I really have respect for other foreigners because I know, I, I know I'm better than you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel about other foreigners. I'm too, going on 15 years as a perfume fan, so yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you had such a passion for them. And, uh, you know, me being at that point only into Capsule, Capsule mm -hmm. was a big deal for me. Capsule is great. Capsule yeah. is amazing, and I actually started liking Nakata because of Capsule and not because of perfume. Mm -hmm. No, that's so, exactly yeah, yeah. for me too. Because yeah. like I, oh, it's the lighter here. There it is. You can use one. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, because as I mentioned, like Capsule was a big deal for me mm -hmm. because at the time I was really into French EDM. Yeah. Like Justice, Which Daft Punk. Nakata ripped off. Yeah, he did completely. Yeah. He a little like, bit. Yeah. <laughs> and so especially on those like um like mid late like EDM capsule albums. Yes. He was producing exactly in that style. Yeah. So that's how I got into it. And also because I was like, Oh, I love Japan and Japan's so cool. Japanese EDM. Um and so like having that and of course like uh, later, Kari Pamu Pamu meaning a lot to me. It was only a matter of time, but uh, your passion and your deep knowledge of perfume. <laughs> After you so got the I'm So Popular ethos, I understood I had to yeah. get into oh, it, basically. That's, flattering. that's That's the truth. Uh -huh. I think they are cops, but they wouldn't arrest us. Oh, I think they actually... I can't tell if they're cops or not. <laughs> when is it? Anyway, this is stressful, but it's With great. With those fucking red lights and hats and little <laughs> armbands? Go away. <laughs> In any case. So we are smoking in a public space, and I'm not sure we're supposed to, but it's fine. It's Japan, and we are foreign enough that they wouldn't bother us. Seems like it's so far. I mean, worst comes to worst, we get accosted again today, like we did like four times on the sirens by <laughs> stairs. 
but no, like yeah, like I said, your passion for them really uh, mm. wanted to uh, make me open uh, my heart to them. And after seeing their concert, it all clicked in. Uh, but before we get all the way to that part of the story, um, perfume in general is three women. Three women. Who? <laughs> yes. Go it's, ahead. Uh, th- there are three. Originally, they were idols, and I've done episodes on idols. Hopefully, listeners are familiar with the concept by now, and I don't have to explain it anymore. But they're like pristine, lovely girls mm-hmm. that can be easily, um, they can easily become objects of affection Absolutely. for the for the audience. And when they were starting off in Hiroshima, that is exactly the kind of music that they were trying to produce for. Yes. So they were following the trends of like Morning Musume, yep. and they were these three young uh, junior high school girls. Uh, and they decided to name themselves Perfume based off of their names because yes. each of their names could spell Kaori, Kaori, yeah. which is uh, fragrance, fragrance in Japanese. In Japanese, at first there was a. Right now, Nochi doesn't have any uh, perfume in her name. Right. But there was a an, another girl in the group, and she ended up leaving. I bet she regrets it. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, her name was Kawayuka, and they actually formed when they were in fifth grade they were going to an actor school in Hiroshima they were the first year um, it was the first year that the, the school opened mm-hmm. and they formed the group and they just never stopped they just never stopped they believe in the can you imagine forming a, a group at 11 yeah and still doing that at 33 34 22 years ago now incredible yeah incredible and the three girls, of course, being junior high school students, were not fully formed people by any stretch of the imagination at all. Absolutely not. And the three of them is Achan, uh-huh. Nochi, uh-huh. and Kashiyuka. Yes. <sighs> got it. Yes, you got it. <laughs> um, and eventually, after they started uh, picking up the slightest, most faint bit of traction in Hiroshima, they decided to move to Tokyo. Which is completely insane. What kind of parents send their, I believe they were 15 at the time, kids... 800 kilometers away to yep. work in Tokyo and they were not even living in Tokyo Tokyo they were living in Ota which is where I work right now uh-huh. which is like the slums like it's <laughs> it's dirty it's dark it's full of foreigners it's uh, the apartments go for mm-hmm. 400 dollars uh, a month oh which is God. ridiculous in Tokyo terms oh, right yeah. so yeah they were there they were doing their thing and they actually went seven years without having a single hit. No. And they, the idea of these three, like, unformed junior high school students, like, sucked into the Tokyo abyss on this, like, faint dream of stardom. That's <laughs> definitely a cop over there. Uh-huh. That one for sure is a cop. <laughs> Getting arrested on the pod. <laughs> I think the worst they can do is fine you, like, 2,000 yen or something. Uh-huh, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> um, what was I say? Oh yeah, can you imagine like being just like virtually like you don't even have your conscience like developed yet. You're like not even a human being, and all of a sudden you are plunging into Tokyo to try to make this happen for you. What on earth do you think the motivation was? Uh, I think it's just being delusional enough that your dream your dreams come true like (laughs) i don't know i don't i first of all i don't know what their parents had in mind no who does that to their kid uh second i can't believe they just persevered and never stopped what was the goal you asked what do you think it was i mean obviously it's stardom at least well at least 
for Achan. Ah, exactly. Yeah. Why do you get that? You're so early in your perfume <laughs> uh, journey, but you get that. Achan is, I would say, she would be the leader if she were prettier. I but mean, there is actually no leader in perfume. There's no leader of the group, but very clearly from the way she presents herself and how they conduct their interviews. She's the one who's, who she's talks during every single yeah. interview. <laughs> With that very, very strong Hiroshima band, which is so annoying. <laughs> She's always doing the Hiroshima accent in a way that is very unnatural. Just to <laughs> prove that she's, she's from Hiroshima, uh -huh. like, 22 years later. Like, <laughs> Despite not having it. lived there for yeah, yeah, yeah. the majority of her life. Of her life, point, literally. Yeah. Like, um... <laughs> My boyfriend Rio is from Totori, which has a yeah, really yeah. strong accent. It's very, it's the he same. He lost actually. it. He lost Two it. Two years oh. after yeah. he got here. Of course, yeah. As Tokyo. anyone normal would. Exactly. So, like, I think for that member, Achan, she had the lesser stardom. But the other oh, yeah. two... Oh, she needs so much attention. Oh, she needs so oh, much. Oh, she's so annoying. But I love her. We love her. Yes. I think she's your favorite, She right? is my favorite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it's like those other two girls, it's like... It is kind of sublime because you think about this pop machine of idols where if you are generally acceptable looking and you can style yourself mm -hmm. to be cute and like lovable, then you can have a career as an idol for at least some part of your life and you can touch the burning orb of glamour. Like the fact that that tracked like exists in this country and it's not even that hard. Uh -huh. I feel like that's glistening. That's beautiful. Yeah. Ugh. I, mean, I think like, I've come to Kashiyuka is very smart. I think. Yes. I mean, she, that's how she looks. She looks she smart. Looks smart. Yes. <laughs> she looks uh, like she has. We are about to find out which one is a dumbass <laughs> because they've just created Instagram accounts. Yes. In which they talk about anything. Uh, I don't know what what's gonna happen with that, but um, to I'm trying to explain perfume right now. Uh, we know <laughs> next to nothing about their personal lives. You know, no. they don't date publicly. We know stuff, but it's very guarded. Right. The information about perfume is very, I would say, a lot of, um, a big portion of their life is hidden. Mm -hmm. And of course, they let themselves go a little bit, especially during shows when they talk for 34 minutes. Yeah never-ending speeches but what you're pointing out is really important mm -hmm. which is that they have been rendered like almost without character in their main like artistic image yeah. like in the artistic product in their the imagery surrounding the group and in their style mm -hmm. um presentation yes there's no personality there is no they've had the same hairstyles for 20 years now yes it's incredible it's <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's what i'm talking about when it's like that orb of burning fire that is idol stardom like it's just fascinating that like you can like create yourself as like an empty mannequin to be filled with the wills of other people and like that's enough to like lift you into this glistening of fame that they have yep. but it becomes much more complex when this uh, hovering presence over I'm so popular, Nakata Yasutaka, yes. this man. Discovers them. He did not discover them, actually. Uh, the person who was producing perfume, the person who was in charge of perfume uh, found Nakata Yasutaka through his website and he was, Nakata was uploading snippets of a project with some girl named uh, Kinoko. And um, this this guy was in charge of perfume. Said, "This is it. We're gonna we're gonna get this guy, and he's gonna produce for perfume." Yep. So you get like a twenty-something year old. He was twenty-two man. when they started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
he had to create music for a girl group he had no idea existed. He didn't know anything about these girls. And, and most of all, he didn't care. He did not care at no. all. No, no. no. Because he started, <laughs> he said, I think he said recently that he started caring about them in maybe 2008. So <laughs> that's five years of just like working with people you know nothing about. And yet you're like making all their music, which is, if you look at early perfume, it's very profound lyrics that yeah. are very shocking for a girl group uh, mm -hmm. back then. It's like lyrics about uh, uh, violence and uh, sadness. And you, sh you wouldn't see that normally from like AKB or anything no. like that. Like it's, there's one song that's about verbal violence and uh, what else? S s disappearing in the, in the rain and dying. And it's just very intense mm -hmm. for what it is, which is electro pop. Idol music. Idol music. Yeah. Very cute sound with like very dark lyrics. It's incredible. And I think like what makes this whole project so special is Nakata's iron will because he has such a severe vision of how he wants the world to look like and what he wants it to sound like. Yes. And uh, that is, of course, derived from YMO. Yeah. He was uh, heavily inspired by Techno Dawn. Yes. Um, Which is an album. album you did not talk we about. We didn't cover it. Yeah, I don't know. I always wanted to do it. Spotify? No. I actually love that I album. I love it too. I wanted to do an episode um, like much later in the future and revisit the album and as like a separate piece uh, to the rest of their catalog. Yeah. Won't so be able to do that with the same guest, of course, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know. He grew up with Technodon, which is technically like some people, and they would be right, they would say this is the worst YMO album mm -hmm. ever. I personally love it because I spent two months listening to it three times a day mm -hmm. while studying for JLPT N2. <laughs> and it felt like I was just like mixing like the horrible feeling of studying mm -hmm. uh, to get a Japanese uh, certification cer certification uh, while listening to the worst album, the most hor like <laughs> it's good, but it feels like torture. Yeah, it does. It absolutely does. Which makes me love it, of course. I <laughs> yes, I love absolutely. Pain. <laughs> and it's so funny to think about little 14, 15 year old Nakata listening to that I and being know. like, I love this. And so he really <laughs> wanted to like, uh, he was also very inspired by like French EDM, as we yes. mentioned too. And, and Kylie Minogue too. So interesting. <laughs> the, the, we, ha I, we haven't talked too much about what Nakata is like as a person. He is, I don't want to use the word autistic. But uh, he we is, can use it, absolutely. No, no, not out of political incorrection, no, but no. because it's much more profound oh, than yeah. that. Oh. He is so removed from the human experience. He's so weird and cold and locked in his own worldview. Yes. But the thing is, is that he never bends from it. He has such like I said, an iron will. Iron will. He refuses to let anyone touch it. T yeah. He does the entire production. <laughs> he mm -hmm. does the entire mastering. He writes all of the lyrics. He records and mixes all the vocals. In he charge does of everything. absolutely everything except the image. Yep. And he's a cold, icy, strange guy. Strange guy. Strange. Incapable of holding a normal... blonde hair. Yeah, bleach blonde <laughs> hair, even in his 40s. Yep. I don't know why he does that. Which... <sighs> 
There, I sent earlier to you this um, five-channel thread. Yeah, and one of them said, why, if he's gay, if yeah. he's gay, why would he have like a hairstyle that every gay man would hate? And it's so true. Yeah, because we've talked about this a lot, like about like the mystery of Nakata. Is he gay? Is he gay? Is he a tranny chaser? Is he just an autogynophile himself? Mm-hmm. And I think the the answer we're, we're most close to is he's just AGP. Uh, he is. And <laughs> We started realizing that when he started producing Kiari Pamu Pamu, because yes. in every single interview it was like, this is the person I would have been if I were born female, if God had made the right decision. This is the idol I would be. This is the girl I am truly inside. It was like, and that's what the, the only fuck act, are you saying? <laughs> that's the only <laughs> act that he's ever poured 100% yes. of his oh, absolutely. passion into. Yeah. Not even Capsule. Capsule is just like... Cap's was like, I have to do, play something when I'm DJing. Yeah, Perfume is like, okay, I'll meet them once every three months and force them to record for like 50 minutes yep. and then it's done. Exactly. But Jetty, he was so into it. And maybe he's still really into it mm-hmm. right now. I mean, she's not selling at all. So the mirror, the reason he's still sticking with her and doing producing the exact same sound he was doing 10 mm-hmm. years ago is because he's profoundly in love with the character yeah. and the image. And the thing is, is that when he does write these lyrics, mm-hmm. uh, even though he often uses like masculine pronouns like boku yeah. in his mm-hmm. music, he's always writing from the, the feminine perspective, perspective of a female. Yes, yeah. and they point this out. Um, both the members of Perfume yeah. pointed Everyone this out. Everyone talks the, about it, and the members noticed it. That yeah. what's his name? Patrick St. Michael is the name of yeah, the yeah, yeah. author. He wrote a book about their first album game that we great both book, read. by the way. Thank you, Patrick. It's lovely. <laughs> and what he said in there is he points out the one lyric that they all point out, which is um, he writes about looking diagonally up at uh-huh. a lover. And the members of Perfume are like, how would a straight guy know that like that a looking- woman looks? The way a woman looks diagonally at a man while walking side by side on the street, no man would ever think about writing about that. No, and it's so profound and strange <laughs> and warped that it makes his insight into what he imagines to be like the feminine experience yes. to be cosmic and marvelous. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and the way that he kind of gets to the, this like absolutely transcendental like tone in the music is he completely erases the humanity out of the members yep. he famously puts them in a closet yes he has them sit for years uh, perfume and everyone uh in the in the nakata club were uh recording from a closet mm-hmm. like literally that can only fit one person and they had to sing sitting down Yep. which is unnatural. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> does that. <laughs> and they just went to school in Hiroshima learning how to emote when they yeah. sing and give these grand, you know, lovable idol performances. And then he says, sing like you're talking. Sit down, sing like a robot. I'm going to tweak your voice so that you sound like a chipmunk. Yeah. Please, no emotion at all. Can you imagine trying to tell that to 15-year-old Achan? Yeah. Who's like <laughs> such a drama like a queen and award. loves attention yeah. and <laughs> wants to shine every... No, you're not going to sing, bitch. You're not going to sing. Yep. And they wrote in the book and they described it themselves. Every single day of recording the, their first album, they were weeping out of stress yep. and frustration, just crying, breaking down into tears because the fascist Nakata refuses to let them be people. Uh-huh. Not only that, but Nakata is a well-known contrarian. And whenever someone tells him that something is good, what does he do? <laughs> he he does never does it again. <laughs> yeah. Not only that, he would he would erase portions of the song that the girls would be like oh this is good this is great this is my favorite part of the song out out he did it out of sadistic torture uh-huh yeah yeah he, he's insane yeah but that's why we love him exactly. and that's why he's famous and 
renowned producer. The only great artists are people who are capable of unimaginable cruelty. Yes. And you have to remember that these are three fucking 15-year-old cute yes. girls. Cute girl. That's so- that cute, actually. Perfume. <laughs> no, but Perfume was formed uh, very naturally and... Uh, they were not spotted or they no. were not chosen. But I think they're cute. They are cute, but this is not like <laughs> I feel like those three girls would not be able to debut right now in a world where. Oh no! No, that's true. Not one. Maybe Nochi has like like Nochi has like nice looks, and normally uh-huh. when you ask like Japanese people who's your favorite out of the three. Uh, they will say Nochi if they're not if they don't know much about perfume. It will be like Nochi because she's the prettiest. But yeah. Kashuka has a strange face and very shocking beautiful. angular bangs. Shocking angular bangs, which are <laughs> never changing. <laughs> She's gonna have this the rest of her life. I can't wait to see her be like a like a like a talent in like 70 years from yeah. now, and still the same haircut <laughs> exactly. she had when she was 16. Yeah, uh, but she recently cut her uh, her hair into like hime himekato, which is. You're not supposed to do if you're above 21 in Japan. No. So that, that was a full pa in my head, but... Yeah, let, her, <laughs> let her be. Yeah, let her be. So what we have on stage before we even get into the music is this godlike producer who is so committed to his mm-hmm. own passion and his own ideas that he refuses to do what anyone else says. Uh, we have a stale Japanese music scene. Yes. It's completely derivative. Can we talk about it? It's incredible yeah. to actually like look at what were the big hits in Japan in 2007 mm-hmm. and then look at what it was in 2009. Uh, Perfume changed the game Yeah, when releasing game. <laughs> Play the game. <laughs> Play the game. <laughs> yeah. Completely stale. Yeah. And what else? Well, I mean like Utara Hikaru and Ayumi, like Kamasaki Ayumi, right? They mm-hmm. were, I love Utara. I know you don't. You're gonna get there one day, though. I, <laughs> I swear to God. Look, you've, you've, you've. I, I've, I've listened to that album, uh, River or something. Deep River. Deep River. Uh, at least four times uh-huh. since that episode. <laughs> I like it. I, there okay, you I go. can sing some of the songs. And traveling is nice. <laughs> 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 but the thing is, is like, Utara, Ayu. These were like big, singy, emotional, yes. over the top, like stab your heart out, rip it out, mm-hmm. have your heart on the knife and dangle it around in front of everyone. This is the exact opposite of that. You're so right that mm-hmm. it completely changed how Japanese music yeah. sounds. And actually, when Perfume came on the scene and we're trying to get big, there were no idol groups. That was not mm. cool. It was the era of the divas. Yeah. It was Hamasaki Ayumi. It was Utada. It was Kodakumi. Uh, Amuro. Amuro. Kodakumi, yeah. So... It was like solo female artists who could put on a show. And then you have those three girls acting like (laughs) robots, uh, trying to be cute, but being completely non-human. Yes. In a very strange way. And they made it somehow. And yeah, changed the game. (laughs) Spinning girl, spinning world. 